Hey, you guys, we're so grateful to have Miss April Osteen Simons, and she's going to be our special guest today. And if there's one word that can describe her, I would say she's definitely an encourager. And in a world full of negativity and hopelessness, we have a lot of people out there that we need inspiration and hope from. And there's one person who definitely gives that, and that's April. And the great thing about her is she's not only an author, she's a television co-host, and she also has her own podcast called Better, uh, which gives inspiration to individuals who are needing hope. And she has also House of Hope, which is on YouTube. Um, She's a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She is a very spiritual woman, and we're so grateful to have her here. Uh, Daryl, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you today and all your listeners. (laughs) We we love that you're here. And like I said, this is a big step for me because I always wanted to reach people who are doing not only bigger and better things, but to be able to see someone be able to show light and love. And I think that's what we need more of, um, especially since COVID-19, a lot of experiences that people have been dealing with heartbreak and finding humor and practical ways of kind of having happiness and, and light. I think you give a lot of that. And so that's why I'm so grateful to have you here. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. And I could not agree with you more. People need hope. People need light. People need life. And they need laughter. You know, they need happiness and joy. Absolutely. And my grandmother used to always say laughter is, is good medicine. And I, and I do agree. I mean, we need to laugh um, and be able, in spite of things we're going through, that we have so much to be grateful for. And so that's why I'm, I really love inspirational yes. people. And so I want to kind of first start off with my first question. What brings inspiration into your life or how do you live your best self? What are some of those characteristics or things you do to live a better life? Well, you know, that's a great question. And I, I think, Jerrell, I, I live my best self and I, and I like my best self when I'm giving hope and inspiration to others. Um, I grew up in a home that was very hope-filled and faith-filled, and and I grew up with parents who were very encouraging. Um, and so I just, I kind of like to say I'm a hope coach. I'm a hope dealer. I kind of continue the DNA of my family. And so I love when I am speaking, traveling, or writing, and I just, I can instill some hope. I figure this, that the world has enough negativity the world has enough critics that, you know, I just refuse to be one of those people. I want to be a life giver. I want to cheer people on. And that's what, that's what just, man, it just makes me go. I love it. I, I, I just love doing it. So I travel and speak for a living and I just, it's, it's just my thing. It's my sweet spot. And it really is. And you have such a soothing voice, but you also have an inspiring way of sharing things. And I think it's all about like your intonation and the inflection in your voice. And then also what you're giving to other people when you speak. And like you said, giving hope is important, but what's the best compliment maybe you've ever received? Is there a compliment that someone's giving you? You're like, oh, that's really nice. I didn't expect yes. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. If if I'm going on my little vein side, it's somebody that says, hey, you look just like you look in your Instagram photos. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, thank you. I'll give you some money. Um, but then I think, Daryl, probably one of the best compliments that just warms my heart is that I'm just real. Um, I'm authentic. And I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a better compliment. And that's just what I want to be. I just want to be that, you know, 
somebody, I'm, I'm certainly not out there trying to be something that I'm not trying to be this perfect person because we know those people don't exist. So when someone says I'm real and I hear it in your voice, I, I hear it when you preach or when you're, when you're given something out at a success seminar, I, that, that just, man, it, it just warms my heart because I really think one of the reasons that, you know, I grew up as a preacher's kid and loved it. And I'm the youngest of five kids. And I, I think one thing that kept me serving God all my life is my parents were real. They were authentic. And sure, they were pastors. Mm-hmm. My dad would happen to be on TV. And, and you know, it, it never went to their head. They were the same at home as they were on the platform. Sure, they were full of imperfections. But that's what got me, you know. You love God at church, but you love him at home. Mm -hmm. God is real at church, but God is also very real at home. So authenticity is very much a compliment. And it's something that I look for in relationships as well. And I love that you said that. And I grew up, my uncle is a preacher and has been preaching for Mm -hmm. years and, and seeing him be his authentic self and being able to reach the masses, but also to still be down to earth. I think it kind of goes back to your upbringing and also um, for people to find light and love within you, you have to find it within yourself. So I think it's exactly. so much of a soul searching thing. And when you are being authentic and you're able to speak your truth and you're able to live in your passions, people can say, hey, I like that April person. Or I like that person. And then you can say, hey, you know what? I'm actually giving off what I expect of, of others in myself. So that's one thing I loved. And right. even in interacting with you before we did this podcast, you have such a great spirit. And I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much. That that means the world to me. Yes, ma'am. So I have another one for you. Um, what inspired okay. you to write your book? Because I really want to talk about your book better than ever. Can we kind of talk about that? Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. It just came out and uh, the tagline on it is get your happy back, stress less and enjoy every day. (laughs) Oh, I like that. That's cool. And, you know, you say what inspired me? Well, I know, Jarrell, from firsthand experience that there are challenges in this world. There are obstacles, of course, there's hardships in life. But one thing that I know we can, despite all that's going around on around us, we can still have that positive faith-filled, hopeful attitude, despite the drama, you know, I have five kids, (laughs) despite the noise, despite the chaos, the bad reports from the doctors, the tumultuous times in life, there's one thing I can always control, and that is me. See, life isn't easy. It's not supposed to be easy. And just because it's not easy doesn't mean we can't wake up happy or wake up and choose to be happy. And life can be overwhelming. We know that. But we can choose to remain peaceful and not allow the stress around us to override the calm within us. And I've discovered, and this is why I read the book, even though life gets busy and all this other stuff, we or I still have the power to make the choice in the midst of it all that I'm not going to allow life to run me over. But instead, I'm going to take my life back. I'm going to stop and enjoy Today, I'm going to be grateful for the moments of life and not get so busy being a human doing that I lose sight of being a human being. And I know it's possible. And that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to give or I share personal stories of how I've implemented these things, all my mistakes and how I learned to turn it around and and not react, but respond and 
and give practical ways that the reader can implement these things in our lives. I mean, I didn't come up with any new thing. I'm just, you know, with five kids with a busy life, just like everybody else, I'm just like everybody else. There's ways that we can stop, take Mm -hmm. a breath and say, you know what? Life may be chaotic right now, but I really believe that in the midst of all the mess, I can still live a life that's better than ever. That's my reason for writing the book. I love that. And what was the most difficult process in writing for you? Was there any <laughs> difficult parts for you? Yeah, well, you know, this is funny, but I, one of my most difficult parts was finding the title for the book. <laughs> and it's so <laughs> funny, Gerald, because even when I go out and I minister or I, you know, I share at success seminars as well, the title is always the hardest thing for me. So I've learned to just say, you know what? forget the title. I may not have a title of a message or whatever. I'm going to start writing and then it'll come to me. So I love the writing part. I would wake up at six every morning. I couldn't wait to get out of bed and write. I I took in 2020, Mm -hmm. I took the whole month of February off to write the book. Little did I know that March, the whole world was going to close down. But anyway, I woke up early and I, I just wrote and wrote and I loved it. And I realized the theme throughout my book was I was constantly saying, there's a way to be better than ever, better than ever. So that's how my book title came. And uh, so writing, writing was, you know, for me getting started, wasn't that hard because I knew I had dedicated time. I dedicated a whole month to write my book. So um, funny enough, that's, that was my hardest part getting the title. See, that's where you and I differ. And maybe that's why we're connected now (laughs) for your second book. I can help you with like the title. I will call you. Because that's always been my struggle. Like I do really great with the titles or taglines and that like that to me, that's the creative point. And I write the chapters after. But like I would go into writer's Uh block because I'm like, okay, I have all these titles. now. What am I going to write with these chapters? And so that process can be really difficult, but I think yeah. I love that you said that. That shows um, the part of your brain that really lights up, and you can be very analytical but logical as well. And I love that because I think, like, once you have the actual, yeah, this is what I want to write, and then you're able to kind of put it all together. It's kind of like I'm I'm from New Orleans, so I love gumbo, so it's kind of mm-hmm. like a, a nice yeah. gumbo that <laughs> season well. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you know what I did too, Jerry, when, when I first, when I wrote that first chapter, I, um, you know, I, I, I called a friend of mine that's very creative and I said, would you read this and could you just help me a little bit? And so he and I just went back and forth and he said, I know you have more in you. Like I wrote it very basic and, um, mm. you know, you're kind of, at least me, you're kind of fearful when you first write, you know, do I, how do I make this sound? And I decided to write it how I talk. So it may not always make sense, <laughs> but you know, I just kind of wrote it that way, but he drew out of me cr- more creative ways to tell a story. And I mean, once he, he, he challenged me to go deeper, to go wider, to paint it, paint it more colorfully, that helped me to get out of bed and be so eager to, to write. So I feel like too, having those people around you that you can bounce off of and that just inspire you to, to draw things out of yourself that you don't even know are on on the inside of you, man, that helped tremendously. I love that. And like you said, it's like creating a family, a chosen family of, of support network or, or, and maybe even like an encouraging 
um, friend, as you mentioned, who was there to kind of hear you, but also who can give you constructive feedback. And I think one of the hardest things is when you're already struggling. Right. With, Am I doing the right thing? I'm, I'm feel like this is my purpose. I feel like it's going to help someone, mm -hmm. but then my mind is kind of second guessing. It's kind of like that. It's almost like a gremlin. Yes. If you remember that movie years ago, like it's almost yeah. like on your shoulder and you're like, get away from me. Like I want, I want to just, you know, right. put the right things out there. But the great thing about you is you've been able to even parlay that into being able to share with a podcast and your podcast is called better. Can you kind of tell us more about your podcast? Yes. Yeah, you know, um, I just I love doing a podcast and I just stepped out there and I thought, you know, I I I, I say this because I'm a, I'm a mom of five now my kids are grown, but I like something for me that is short and sweet. And so I just decided I was going to do this podcast every week. And it's when I don't have a guest on the show, it's about 12 minutes or less. And I kind of like to think of it as a drive time podcast. And um, I, I, what I like to do is just give inspirational, practical ways we can make each day better than ever. And, and it's simple, Jerry. It's taking on a better attitude, outlook, perspective, working each day, putting feet to our faith to, to be a little bit more positive. And, you know, I address things like, you know, I, April, I don't see the glass half full. I'm a glass half empty. Just because you, you were raised a certain way or you've be, been a certain way all of your life doesn't mean you can't change. <laughs> I like to say it ran in the family until it mm -hmm. ran into me. In the same regard, it, just because like you didn't that. come from a healthy family doesn't mean a healthy family can't, can't come from you. So it's changing the outlook. And this is what I try to do in the, in the podcast. Um, simple little uh, nuggets that we're that show us all, myself included, how to take on a better attitude, a better outlook, better perspective, and for each day to be a little bit more positive. Mm -hmm. And even this, not to let things bother us so much, so much that we lose our joy and our smile and our peace. See, And, and I want to say this, it's not about denying, you know, that there's no challenges, but I, I do my podcast to show that we can rise above the challenges and not allow the challenges of life to dictate what kind of day that we're going to have. So it's, it's, that's what better is all about. And, you know, that just kind of fuels me. I love doing it. It's just a little 10 minute inspiration. I love that. And I want to segue like into kind of two things you mentioned. I want to highlight that I thought was really important. One thing you mentioned about the half, the glass half empty or half full and I saw a quote online and someone had mentioned about it being refillable. And that was one mm -hmm. of the, I think it was such an eye opening, like an aha moment for me of, Hey, I can always refill my glass. And it's not about feeling pessimistic or optimistic at times. It's about yeah. sometimes the ambivalence part of ourselves is where we are. But if I have a goal I'm reaching for, I can actually get there. Um, but I love that you said about just life in general, because I'm going through a transition and things, you know, recently in my life and things that's been going on. But I always remember of where I came from and the challenges I faced and knowing that, you know, I have a strong belief in my higher power and he has guided me through a lot of things. So that kind of gives me that hope of even when things may seem like they're going in a negative direction, I have to trust in that belief and not try to take control of the driver's seat. I have to sometimes sit, you know, back and, and allow something greater than myself to guide me in a direction that's going to be helpful. And I think for each person, you know, no matter what per the, that person's viewpoint might be, it's still, even if you don't have that belief, you can have a friend, you can have people who are close to you who can show and guide you things and teach you. 
And I, I feel like I always really remain teachable. And that's one thing talking right. with you, you really have given me a lot of insight today of things that I need to kind of check in with myself. And when we start doing more emotional check-ins, um, then we're actually able to live a, a, a peaceful or at least uh, be more in tune with our emotions when we weren't before. Exactly. And, you know, I, I give an example in the book of when my kids were smaller, that we were getting ready to go to church and we had a toilet overflow. Well, it was bad. The water was leaking everywhere. And through the course of about, about 10 minutes, we had four toilets overflow. Four. I mean, the toilet demon was in the house. <laughs> and you know what, Gerald? Everything in me wanted to cry. Wanted to, I mean, I was calculating the loads of laundry I'd be doing. I, my kids were wet. They were sliding through the water. And, you know, it. by the grace of God, I wanted to cry. I wanted to be upset. But for some reason, in the midst of all that mess, I started laughing. And I even shocked myself. Actually, it had gotten so bad that all I could do was laugh. And I'll never forget my kids looked at me like, who are you and where's our mother? And is it okay to laugh right now? And you know what happened? We all started laughing. It was the messy, stinky, bad situation. And I realized at that moment, first mm -hmm. of all, I was so grateful that that was what I did instead of getting mad at everything. But really, my point is this. Toilets overflowing in my house wasn't the end of the world. Now, my reaction to it could have made it the end of the world, but I, I learned in that moment, I taught myself in that moment, you know, I don't have to react to everything that's going wrong. I don't have to enter into the drama. I don't have to, you know, just throw a fit because something didn't go my way and it's a little bit more laundry. I have control of me. And Jerry, I just have to say this, that I know there's people listening that probably might be facing depression. They might be anxious, have anxiety, panic attacks. And I don't, man, I know that that is a struggle. And I know you're going through that. And I'm not making light of anything like that. You know, I, I, I'm not saying you just flip a switch and man, you're happy and all those problems go away. I'm just trying to train our minds, you know, to even when it's bad, man, I can find something to be grateful for. Even though it's dark, I believe I'm going to see the light one day. So it's just taking on a, a, a different attitude and an outlook on life. And one thing I 100% I agree with what you just said, but I think it's important for the listeners to remember, it's not about giving up and giving in. It's about how you respond versus sometimes react. And I think exactly. like even our body will give us warning signs when we're in a crisis and we talk about the fight or flight response, but people forget about the freeze, like, or forget that there's moments when you don't have the answer. And that doesn't mean that life is over. It just means that I have to go in a different way. And I talked to another guy a few weeks ago and we talked about going in the back door instead of going in the front. This is my normal way, my normal routine. But sometimes, you know, finding a, a different alternative or different route to get where you need to be is, is sometimes going to be not only powerful for you to realize, hey, I, I thought it was over for me. But it also shows you that when you actually look, you know, inward, you can as your brain will, will expand and you can see things from a different perspective. Um, sometimes taking a step back and just being able to listen to yourself or how your body's responding to situations and so like with you, that's why I love that you have the book and then you have your podcast and then you're also on YouTube that people can connect with you outside of just in person 
they have another window to your soul to kind of really get to know who April is. And that's amazing. Oh, man, I appreciate that. And to your point, Jerry, let me just say this. Every day when I drop my kids off to school to get back on the highway, I would go up the little feeder road. And every day for five days a week for I can't even tell you how long there was this pothole. And I ran over the pothole every day. And after I ran over it, I thought, man, why didn't I miss that today? You know, so one day, you know what I did? I made the decision. This is simple, very elementary to swerve around the pothole and not hit it. It just was a tiny little bit. I had to move the steering wheel to miss the pothole. And, you know, once I did it, I stopped hitting the pothole. And so it made for a smoother ride. To your point, exactly what you said, sometimes it's just little tweaks that we have to make, a slight little turn, and life will become better than the day before. So that's my just my little bit of encouragement. Just the small tweaks lead to big peaks. I like that. That's a really great statement. I mean, I can, I'm can. i going to use that myself. I'm, just, I'm not going to steal it, but I'm going to borrow it. <laughs> no, I, I'm sure I borrowed it from somebody, so take it. <laughs> but I love that. That's a really great way of looking at it. And it kind of goes back to when we look at our younger self. And I've, I've actually implemented mm-hmm. like writing letters, working as a counselor. I've been able to give, of course, clients different assignments. And one assignment that I love to give is for someone to write a letter and you write a letter either to your past self or to your future self or to whatever the situation you might be going through, and then actually put the date and time on it and put it actually in an envelope. And then you can either mail it out to yourself at the time when you want to read it, or if if not doing that, you just set it aside and you put it on your calendar and you read it at a later time. And then that's a way it lo- it gives you the opportunity that. to kind of say, hey, that's where my mindset was a year ago, five years ago, six months ago. Today, I'm a renewed individual. And the great thing about life is we're perfectly imperfect human beings, but we have to remember what makes us who we are and what are our values and morals that we use to govern our decision making. And so that's a great thing, like you mentioned of, hey, you know, when you were there with your kids, they had to see mom. And most times for parents, you want to see your parents almost like a superhero, like they make no mistakes. They have nothing that they do wrong. And and then when they have some kind of flaw, yeah. it's like, oh, they're not perfect. But that's the best lesson. You teach your kids, you know, hey, life isn't all, you know, fun and games. There's a lot yeah. of, you know, negativity out there and a lot of tragedy. But it's about how do I persevere through those experiences? And so from what I'm hearing from you, it seems like you did an amazing job of, of showing them those values, but living in your own peace as well. Well, I try, (laughs) but you know, there's a statement that I love that I I say often, what you believe defines who you are and who you are affects generations to come. So if I break that down and make it a little bit more practical, how you react when life isn't treating you fair is more than likely how your kids will react. How you respond when, you know, life sends a curveball, that's more than likely how your kids will respond when life sends them a curveball. So you know, we, we got to take on this better attitude and, and just to, just so we're passing down and teaching our children and their children the right things in life. It makes it a whole lot easier for them. You know, like you said, there's nobody perfect. We're all imperfect. And if we just strive every day to be better today than we were yesterday, man, we're not only impacting our lives, we're pa- impacting our children's lives. 
That's true. And I, I want to kind of go back since you mentioned about just childhood and experiences. I know you said your parents had not only a great marriage and showed you love and, and support and just that message of what God meant to you, but can you kind of give, if you could give your younger self any advice, what would that be? I I think that I would say there's a lot that I would tell my younger self, but what stands out to me today is April, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Years ago, Jerry, when my dad passed away, we decided to, you know, that was uncomfortable for all of us. I'm the youngest of those deans and it was, it was uncomfortable. We didn't know how we were going to do it. We didn't know how we were going to keep the church going. And, um, thank God, God kept it going and, you know, think great things happened, but we left, my little family left and we moved to Dallas to start a church. We had a church for 14 years, but that, that part of me leaving everything I knew, leaving my comfort zone, you know, leaving my kids in a, they, they were in a great school and all that. That was the hardest thing for me at that time. And it was so scary And, you know, I just remember, I remember driving down the highway thinking, God, how in the world do we do this? And long story short is this, I I just kind of surrendered it and gave it to God and said, God, just help me along the way. And I discovered that God was on the other side of my fear, that God was faithful on the other side of my fear. And that change Mm -hmm. and, and getting out of your comfort zone is not a bad thing. That's how you grow. And so now, I mean, you know, I, I just... I'm so grateful that that experience happened because, you know, that happens all throughout our lives. So I would definitely say, don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone. I love that. And one thing I always tell people um, when I do sessions as well is that you have your risk zone where we have a lot of risk and we have our comfort zone. And a risk zone doesn't necessarily have to mean negative because sometimes, you know, it takes a big risk for you to step outside of your comfort zone and sometimes surrounding yourself with different people from different backgrounds, they can teach you a lot about life and a lot about, you know, where you once were. And we have to get out of that judgmental attitude of this is who I am today and the grandiosity that sometimes people, you know, the boastfulness um, that, that takes away from building a genuine connection, but that we all in this universe need that support. Um, and we can find encouragement in everyday living things or little things that we experience so I'm just so grateful, like I said, not only to have met you, um, but for you to be just as genuine and positive and respectful and, and someone that you want to approach. And I know a lot of times that can be the hardest things when you have a leadership position for people to kind of really get to know someone at the heart of the matter. But you have been from day mm-hmm. one till now, the same person, which says a lot about not only how your parents raised you and the values you have, but it speaks a lot about your kids and what they will have when they have kids. Um, of what you've actually done. And that that's a great quality. And thank you so much. That, that, that says just so much to my heart. Thank you. So the last thing we have April, um, if you can kind of tell everyone where can they find (laughs) you between online or uh, where they can find the book, if they would like to order, Um, can you kind of share that with us? Okay. Yes, you can order my book on Amazon anywhere, Barnes & Noble, uh, Books a Million, Target, Walmart. You can find it there. Um, it's a click away on any of those. And uh, you can go to my website. You can find me there, aprilsimons1m.com, and Instagram, aprilosimons, Twitter, and all that. And I'd ask this, if you get the book, send me a note on Instagram or something like that and give a review. I would love it. Um, 
you know, I just, I, I believe and pray that this will help and bring inspiration and hope to your life. I agree. In April, I will be getting mine very soon. So I will definitely let you know when I have it. And I, I know that you are going to not only going to inspire me, but you have already inspired the listeners that are going to hear this. And for years to come, the great thing I love about podcasts, it'll be around for a very long time. And it's just such an amazing thing for me to have not only connected with you, we would love to have you back in the future and to kind of share your your strength, your hope, your love, things that you're experiencing so that way we can learn from you and be able to grow to be better people like you've been growing to become a better person for yourself. Well, I want to say thank you for having me. I loved being with you. I, I just, I love your spirit and um, I want you to be on my podcast too. You know, I'm only a click away. Let me know I'm there. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So we thank you so much, April. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right, April, I will talk with you soon. Okay. Thank you. All right, Bye-bye. Yes, Bye. I'm not afraid.